vessel. Let these be your words. And open our hearts and minds to what the message is for us today. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, when it comes to friendship, there's different kinds. The first level is the acceptance level, or the acquaintance level, I should say. And when it, we apply it to God, it's, this is where we think we know God comes, means to encounter him in a certain pivotal times in our lives. Maybe there's things that have happened we feel we've encountered the Lord. And in that moment, we really do sense something different. It may be in our worship service or in a life crisis. And we may even go as far as to make a commitment. But in our daily lives, there may be as very little, if any, change in our behavior or our attitudes or our, our daily habits. The second level is the friendship level. Knowing God is not just experiencing a moment of spiritual excitement, but it's a commitment to actively be involved with God. Friends spend time together and are involved in each other's lives. I went out with a group of girls a few uh, last weekend, and we had some dinner, and we were together for like over six hours, but you know, we hadn't seen each other in a long time. At this level, we are involved with God to a point. We come to church, we participate in activities, we try to have daily quiet time. Maybe we read our devotional. We have prayer and try to talk to God. We may even attempt to be disciplined in our spiritual habits. In other words, we really are working on this friendship. However, if the friendship level is as, as deep as we ever go in our pursuit of God, sooner or later, we will long for something more. Because we were created for an intimate relationship with God. No one and nothing can fill that God-shaped hole that we have inside of us. What about as a Seventh-day Adventist? It may be a little different. You know, sometimes we think, oh, we, we know the fundamental beliefs we have what 28 beliefs you know we have the prophecy we understand all of this and this is all good I'm not saying that it's not but is knowing all of this going to help us with our relationship with God if we don't connect with him in John 3:16, I mean we could quote it for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You know, that word belief, it's not necessarily, oh, well, I think there's a God up there in heaven. It's a little deeper than that. I was looking at my Bible commentary 
and it says the word is about committal to or faith in. This involves not only the consent of the mind, but an act of the heart and will of the subject. Whoever believes in him is equivalent to whoever trusts in or commits himself to Christ. Belief is synonymous with faith. And what I take this as is relationship. You know, some people have asked me at work or, you know, when I was in college, you know, what, I- what is your faith? And I said, well, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. And they said, is that all about God? It should be. We're going to read in Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32 verses, starting with verse 22. The night, that night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his maidservants, his 11 sons, and he crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent all of them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with him, with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men, and have overcome. So Jacob's wrestling with God. You know, sometimes in relationships we have discussions, and we kind of wrestle, not maybe not physically with each other, but over uh, discussing and asking questions, seeking more knowledge. Do we wrestle with God? Is it okay for us to wrestle with God? Sure. Sometimes we we don't understand things, and we have to tell God, I don't understand this. And we may wrestle with these questions that we have. Isaiah chapter 28 Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. It says, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts 
will never be dismayed. And if we look at Acts chapter 4, verse 11... Acts chapter 4, verse 11, it says, He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. In some translations, it says the chief cornerstone. When builders are building a building, the first stone they put down is called the cornerstone. Should Jesus be that first stone that we put down for our lives, our home, our jobs, everything, anything that we have, our families? Matthew chapter 7 from our scripture reading. Matthew Seven verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams arose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock, the chief cornerstone. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams arose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. That's why I showed you the video the wise man, he was building his house on Jesus. And the foolish man was building his house on the sand, which was worldly things. And what happened to his house? Because he was building it on sand. Crash, splat. I remember a, a song when I was a kid, and maybe... Um, some of you remember, um, read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, 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 right? So simple. The third verse of the foolish man, I never heard it before. I just remembered the first two verses. And it says, so build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ and the blessings come down as the prayers go up. When I was in a, a youth, um, we did youth skits. We did drama skits. And we did one that was based off of Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23. And I just want to 
set the scene for you. I'm not going to act it out. I'm just going to tell you. But everyone is getting on this plane like they're going on vacation, but they're all going to heaven. And so there's somebody checking every everybody in. Mr. Smith, oh, you're on the list. Come on, come on in. Mr. Jones, you're on the list. Come on in. And this next person steps up. And let's just call her Mrs. Jones. This is fictitious. It's not, it's just based off this story. She's checking in and um, they're looking up her name and they're not finding her name there. And she says, are you sure? Can you check again? You know, I, I'm so excited. I'm ready to go. So they're checking and checking. And they said, no, I'm sorry, Mrs. Jones. Your name is not on this list. She said, how can this be? You know, I taught Sabbath school. I was on the church board. I did all these things for the church. I helped people. And then a voice from heaven says, I never knew you. They spent so much time doing instead of knowing. Do we get so busy with the doing for God, for others, that we forget to know our Savior? To have a relationship with him? You know, I pray every day that that doesn't happen with me. Sometimes I take on a lot of things at church. And I say, Lord, please touch my heart and help me to know you. And don't get me wrong, it's good. It's good to do good. It's good to help others. It's good to work in the church. Because that is faith in action. Because once we have the faith, we need to put it in action. But sometimes we go straight to the action. There's this article found in Today's Truth. The third level of knowing God is the marriage level. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 says, Adam knew Eve his wife. Now, when the Bible talks about knowing someone, it is not only referring to the physical knowledge, but to an even deeper level of intimacy. Many of us settle for a nodding acquaintance or a mere surface friendship with our Father when what He really desires and what we really need is that marriage relationship with our Savior. There were even people in the Bible that had this relationship. David was a man after God's own heart. Moses Moses got, got to speak with God face to face. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they were close personal friends of Jesus. Even the disciples served beside him. Let 
We need to acknowledge that God is God. Admit and recognize him as the one and only true God, surrendering everything to him. To know God is to lay down at his feet everything that we are, everything we have or ever hope to be, because his life plans are way better for us than ours. Knowing his plan for our lives is the highest and best plan. Serve him with absolute devotion. To know God is to live every moment of every day as a living sacrifice, offering of worship to him. You know, when it says pray without ceasing, that doesn't necessarily mean we're on our knees all the time. We may be at our job and we need to say something quickly to the Lord, say, Lord, help me. Or we're just thinking in our mind about things that we need to do. That can be talking with the Lord. Seeking him wholeheartedly. To know God is to abandon everything for him. Actively searching for him and his will in every life circumstance. Inviting Jesus to take over our life in the most important decisions that we make every day. It may be a job. It may be our, your family's direction. Um, many years ago, I did a, I spoke in an evangelistic series. And I made a calendar. It says 30 ways to date God. You know, when, you, when you're going to go on a date with your spouse or if you're dating someone, you want to get dressed up nicely and wear your best cologne or perfume. Um, and so I made this calendar, 30 ways to date God. And they're really simple. You know, we can write down our spiritual goals. We can have a Bible study with believers or non-believers or both. We can make a special meal. We can spend time in fellowship like we do at the fellowship lunches. We can visit the elderly. Um, my, I have a group at my church. We're called Christians in Action. And we like to go to elderly homes, and we mostly we just sing with them and talk with them, and they enjoy it. They're like, what church are you from? And they're talking, a lot of them are talk about how they love the Lord, and they ask for prayer, and we make connections with them. You can have outdoor worship, study your Sabbath school lesson, Share with others the difference God has made in your life. Because that may be different from mine, but it may touch somebody's life if you share it. I have a poem that I wanted to read to you. It's called, When I Say I Am a Christian. by Carol Wimmer. 
When I say I am a Christian, I'm not shouting, I've been saved. I'm whispering, I get lost. That's why I choose this way. When I say I am a Christian, I don't speak with human pride. I'm confessing that I stumble, needing God to be my guide. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not trying to be strong. I'm professing that I'm weak and pray for strength to carry on. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not bragging of success. I'm admitting that I've failed and I cannot ever pay the debt. When I say I am a Christian, I don't think I know it all. I submit to my confusion, asking humbly to be taught. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not claiming to be perfect. My flaws are all too visible, but God believes I'm worth it. When I say I am a Christian, I still feel the sting of pain. I have my share of heartache, which is why I seek his name. When I say I am a Christian, I do not wish to judge. I have no authority. I only know I'm loved. When it's time for us to be judged, and I know for myself, I don't want God to say, I never knew you. And I don't think you want that either. I want to hear the words that are in John chapter 10. Verse 27 and 28. John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. You know, if you you can replace it with your name instead of my sheep. Cassandra listens to my voice. Linda listens to my voice. I know her. I know him. And she, he follows me. I give them eternal life. I know them. I want God to say, I know you. Our church's one foundation is Jesus Christ. I hope that's for our hearts too. Because we need to say, I have one foundation. It's Jesus. He's my cornerstone of my life. I know him. We need to have nothing between us and God. And there's a song that says that. So that we can know him and he can know us. That's the kind of relationship I want with my Lord. Let's have our closing song. It's Nothing Between My Soul and the Savior.